Hello, everyone, and welcome to this late episode 120 of the Picos Riley podcast. I am the delinquent host, Emilson, and joining me, as always, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. Uh, we are slightly late this week because I had family stuff this weekend. If for uh, once, it wasn't me. For once, yeah, it, for wasn't. Once it wasn't enough. Um, but it worked out for us to do the show on a Monday. So we are doing this on a Monday, which means that if you're listening to the audio one, it may have shown up in your podcast app slightly later than normal because I'm recording when I would normally be editing. Exactly. <laughs> um, but today we got more alpha stuff we got a new phase of the alpha this week it seems like they're kind of trying to keep like a weekly cadence of updating stuff on the alpha so we've got new dungeons we've got more crafting stuff there's a new zone shaman talents still no monk talents but one week you know uh this is actually quite a bit for the second week of alpha like we got a lot of new stuff dumped on us i actually have not gotten the chance to play it as much as i would like well, I did get to go through the dungeons, and we will get to talk about those uh, a little bit later. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, and then there were, we... I think there was. Oh. Yeah, there's one or two little things I think we had, but I think you were going here yeah. before we jump into that. How was uh, how was reclear this week? Did you get did you get the jailer? No, no. So this is an <laughs> abnormal podcast episode as well because it's actually after my full raid week. Yes. Normally, we have half my raid week left d- during the podcast recording. And you're super um, optimistic at that point still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just had a really rough week. Like, we just had a really rough week. Like, Halandris is not a boss that we have ever really struggled with on ReClear. Um, mm-hmm. And we just spent, like, two and a half hours on it. Oh, and just, like, stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. Just a really yeah. rough week. Um, I will say that I'm really curious to go back to Castle Nathria now and do actually specifically Stone Legion Generals again. And then to go back to Sanctum and do Kel'Thuzad and Fate Scribe again. Because I'm pretty sure actually now, having done all three tiers, that my most hated reclear boss is going to be Lords of Dread. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it it uh, there that fight's just not fun. <laughs> that fight's just not fun it snowballs so hard if one person gets hit by a green thing in minute one like the rest of the fight just gets much much harder because that makes it harder to dodge when the fears like spread the green stuff and it all gets out of control gotcha yeah, yeah we um we had our first reclear in what i say what two weeks uh this week and it also we didn't we didn't full clear um but we did get uh, up to Ragalon down. We actually left Lords up and Jailer up. Um, it's not a choice. Ragalon yeah. is easier. I, I I think Ragalon is actually easier than Lords of Dread right now. If you've if you've killed both, I think Ragalon is easier because it's actually like it's not forgiving at all. Like if you if you mess up, you die. The whole raid dies. Yeah. But it's shorter. And it's really, really clear what you're supposed to do at every point in the fight. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's definitely like you still like we wiped, I mean, for probably about 30 minutes to it when before we killed it. Um, and yeah, it was sort of the same idea of like it was just those binary, like somebody missed the jumping in the hole or yeah. 
just intermission we had like the wrong cd set up and like people died or fell over but no we had yeah. we had similar troubles like we had trouble on so we got up to night one we got up to Halandris down killed Halandris really late um so we we basically full cleared everything but but up to andoin or no i'm sorry we had we had lehuvum um and lehuvum actually pre- presented a little bit of a challenge for us because we basically changed our whole strat so we went for like yes. the speed kill strat such a, uh, such a nice strat it is except like our like if unfortunately for my for our range dps or just our dps players in general like if you don't tell them exactly what to do if you're just like hey avoid this area they will not avoid that area they'll just be like you said the marker but not the whole path yeah in any event so we had a, a couple wipes on lahuvum but um but no Halandris was an issue um anduin was an issue and then just honestly it was two or three wipes to every boss like every boss we yeah. went to and it yeah. was just that sort of idea of like it wasn't we spent a bunch of time it was just like all right we wiped now i gotta like reset and restart and go through it and um yeah a bit um zymox was interesting because we had an entirely different like healing comp um and yeah Alondris and and Andu, and i think we had six new people on each boss like who got yeah. like, the first kill achievements as we killed <laughs> yeah so it's like we didn't we didn't have that many we did have new people in and in particular actually um our healy priest was out of town this week so we had somebody sub- playing you know a substitute healy priest and gotcha. there's some extra learning to do and they actually they did fine um but it did like there was a little bit of a, a learning curve i feel like from that as we got used to it um mm-hmm. our anduin actually anduin did not take us very much time we wiped three times to it or something and then we killed it Oh, like, nice, nice. We took like 30 minutes to get through Anduin, but two and a half hours to get through Holandris, and an hour and change to get through Pantheon of all things. Oh, wow. Uh, which yeah, Pantheon, we... <laughs> we had been planning to do Pantheon, like we had been planning to borrow a skip from somebody and then do Pantheon second to last. And we were going to do mm-hmm. the speed strat for Pantheon. And then our person that was going to give us a skip accidentally saved themselves to another instance. So we had to change plans mid-raid. Oh no. <laughs> um and we <laughs> that meant that this is something we're not going to do again, but we didn't have assignments prepped for regular Pantheon, just for speed clear Pantheon. So gotcha. we actually spent like 20 minutes trying to do Pantheon with like three people that were assigned to interrupt not actually being in cuz the speed speed strat for Pantheon is one tank, two healers. Yeah. So we had to go up to two tanks, four healers, which which meant that we brought in three people, took three DPS out. They all happened to be on the interrupt assignments. Jeez, oh, that is that is rough to get like a late change like that. Yeah, we ended up weirdly enough, we ended up three healing pretty much everything up to Alondris, just because we only had like three main healers. Like we had like a we yeah. had our, like our, we had some shaman that could flex in if we needed them, but like. We were just like, oh, I'll just try three healing it. And like, yeah, Pantheon was sketchy. Like yeah. at three. But um, we made it through it. It was just like actually to be fair, it was sketchy because people don't we didn't have people like clearing like the the debuffs or whatever. Um yeah. in certain cases. But no, it was a uh, it was nice to get back into it and like go back through the um like clear like reclearing. And the nice part is too, like for us, like our raid leader is pretty good about like setting expectations for the week. And like the expectation was like just kill Anduin. Like just yeah. get another skip item so, so eventually like, we can skip Rigelon this. Is, like <laughs> Rigelon is is just extra. 
Yeah, like anything after Andon would have been extra, and like the jailer would have been like we somehow like played out of our minds. And are are y'all gonna extend next week and then just get the jailer down? Or no, we're just gonna. I mean, we got the kill. Like we don't we don't put a we don't put a lot of like because like the people would want a jailer kill. The people want CE, and like yeah. for us, it's better to get the gear like to to fill out like people stuff that they need. So. Um, yeah, we're just going to re-clear again. And if we get Jailer, awesome. If we don't, you know, it is yeah. it is what it is. I think, so. so we didn't actually take a break after progression, which I think gotcha. is part of our issue this week because we had people that really wanted the CE achievement um, and season four coming soon, very soon. Mm-hmm. In fact, next week is the last week of season three. Yep. And uh, so we went straight back into re-clears. And I think that's part of this week's just kind of like overall kind of bad bad raid week. yeah um so we're actually extending again just gonna go in and kill well it hasn't been this like we're extending or finding a skip something we're going to go and kill lords of dread raglan and the jailer and we're only raiding friday so sunday is off oh nice nice yeah i think i think the break for us was i mean we were like i said we, we were going to take that break anyway but i think it was it was nice, and I mean, it'll. It, the unfortunate part for me personally is it'll be the first tier I don't get CE in like years, yeah. right? But like at the same point, I did have like a kid. I missed like six weeks of rating, like yeah, in the middle of that. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and it's like so it is, it is what it is. We got a jailer rekill, but only one of our people that wanted CE was actually in town for that rekill. Oh, so now we've got the second person that's in town wants it and we're like well there's a gear reset in two weeks so we don't care that much about getting more vaults yeah that's true so, that's true um yeah. but yeah it was a it was a rough it was a rough week back but i think we it was still fun to fun to rate again um so yeah so i guess we um so we move into uh items from last week so really there's only one well two big things from last week which we can kind of talk about the first one is uh raider raider.io did their season three recap stuff so you can get your own fun uh personal facts about how you did raid and um mythic plus and things like that um mine is hilarious by the way so like the opening stat is, is like empty? what spec no, no no it's actually not um it's like what specs have you like done mythic plus and raids with and it's like i've done i've done raids and mythic plus with every spec in the game but one and that one is a misweaver monk i've never <laughs> <laughs> never done anything with another misweaver monk because you only ever need one of them um but no it's it's a cool it's a breakdown of all like your mythic plus all the dungeons you've done specs you've done them with like the people you've done the most dungeons with and things like that so um no, it's it's a it's a cool little breakdown of like your stats from this tier, both mythic plus and raid wise. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're into that type of stuff. It's cool. Um, mine's pretty funny. Again, like I said, um, only haven't done anything with them with a misweaver, um, and only done mythic plus on two specs, which is priest and monk. So, <laughs> um, really, I know it does it at the end of every season. So it's a I don't know. I always like looking back because like this season I actually had a lot more done than last season. I think last season I'd done a total of 25 or like 30 total Mythic Plus dungeons the entire season, which literally yeah. equated to me getting like uh, KSM and then like doing one a week for a couple weeks after that. So, Yeah, it's funny. If I go and I look at my uh, my recap, I've got, there's a list of people 
uh, at the bottom that is like the people you ran with the most. And for me, it's the people that I ran uh, Legion time walking keys oh, nice. <laughs> to get trinkets. That's awesome. <laughs> I ended up getting both trinkets and that ran a lot of keys. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, for, for me, it was uh, it was like a bunch of guildmates who we did like early season keys with. So, um, but no, it's a it's a cool little little breakdown if you like the stats and things like that. Um, it also shows that I still have zero mythic kills on Lords and the Jailer. So, yeah, um, I'm a little bad there. Um, and the other thing, too, which I finally I put this in the notes like season four next week. Uh, and I was like info and I was like. By the time we do this podcast on Sunday, like there would have been something that said, here's what season four is about from Blizzard. But it's now Monday afternoon and we know nothing about it. Um, so I guess the for me, the only things that I will tell you and, and you can sort of if you have a couple, these are just our points. I don't know if Blizzard will ever say this, but season four, at least in terms of like a couple different things. The first is um, the vendor. So like in season four, there is a new um there's a new vendor and there's a new currency where you can purchase items from the raids only. So this isn't items from uh, Mythic Plus at all, but it's you can purchase right. raid items. They're all weapons and trinkets. Um, and you get to purchase three of them over the course of the season. So you earn this currency to purchase three, um, and you'll get three. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is it's only trinkets and weapons of your that your class can use. So like you can buy Brewmaster trinkets, you can buy Windwalker trinkets, you can buy Mistweaver trinkets. Um, notably for Mistweavers, this means that the uh, Desausage trinket, the uh, damage one, is, is not, not on option. the vendor. Yeah, it's not on the vendor. Um, but Oops. everything else is. Um, and so like to be fair, what you're probably gonna do from a healing perspective is buy the best healing trinkets because those are gonna be the worst ones to get. Um, and sort of forego weapons because there's you can get weapons from anywhere. Um, the other thing too is, and I think this was your point, which I think you clarified beforehand is, um, you can only upgrade items from the mythic plus dungeons that are active, which means from Shadowlands, it's only the Tazvest dungeons. Those are the only items you can upgrade, um, with Valor. Right. Um, and then any of the older or the other ones that are active. So Mechagon, um, Karazhan, and then Iron Docks and, uh, Grimrail. So you can go into the Mythic Zero versions of the other Shadowlands dungeons, like the other side, for example. You can go in there, you can get a Mythic Zero IQD. In Season 3, that one can be upgraded up to rank 12. Um, in Season 4, it will not be able to be upgraded. So you will only be able to upgrade things that, like Anam said, come from the current season's dungeons. Yep, exactly, exactly. So that's like sort of one clarifying thing. They haven't put a post out on it, but... Um, that's that. And then um, what else was I thinking? Oh, the other thing, too, is um, I think somebody said in chat, Tazal, um, or Tazatal, uh, that we do know the rotation for faded raids. So basically, it just follows the same rotation as the release. So first week, uh, Nathria is faded. Second week, Sanctum's faded. Third week, Sepulchre is faded. Um, and so that'll be the rotation. And it just repeats itself um, on a three-week timeline. So, yep. That's fun. Uh, I will say doing best in slot lists, uh, there is literally only one non-mastery int two-hander from all of Mythic Plus um, on the loot tables off to, out of all those dungeons, which is fun. And there's, yeah, just there's a weird, if it wasn't for iron or it wasn't for the wad dungeons, there would be weird uh, gear gaps. Meaning like other than yeah. the, I think it's like other than those two dungeons, there's no like 
chess pieces without mastery on them or something something weird there's a there's something weird like that but there's certain um armor slots where there's just nothing there um but that doesn't i don't think that matters because we were talking last night about this in discord um basically all but like two slots are gear locked at this point uh as you go into season four because you have like your trinkets you're not going to change there's going to be best trinkets you're going to want to not you're going to sort of target right um rings you're probably going to you're gonna have your your four tier items. You're gonna have two legendary slots. You're gonna have drape of shame because that's still really good. It looks yeah. like and still something you can get. And then also you're probably gonna run the 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 um the ring combos from Mechagon. Yeah. Right. And so like at that point it's like boots and like one other item that like floats that you can sort of have multiple sources of. So brewmaster is actually going to be way more open than that like we're going to have tier and legendaries and your trinkets are going to be reasonably locked down. Um, none of the trinkets from the new dungeons are really that exciting, especially Mechagon trinkets are exceptionally bad. Um, like yeah. they're really, really bad. Um, so there's really nothing exciting going on there. Um, but we're probably not going to run the Mechagon rings unless you can get like, uh, there's one combination that can be pretty good, but they're all high haste. Like every, if you wear the Mechagon rings, you're taking high haste and you just live with it. Mm-hmm. So like maybe it ends up being worth, but you have to get one very specific combination in order to make that worth. It, you can't just like slap any, any pair of them on and be like happy with it. So, um, yeah. and then that means that we actually have a lot of like flexibility, but also we're probably like a bunch of people are going to end up spending like two dinar just on vein rippers. Yeah. Or like the other yeah, damage. Yeah. Um, but I, I have not worked on the bis list yet because I mean, I haven't wanted to honestly. It's I, I, I forgot. I will tell you, don't, don't get too discouraged. Like the, I forgot the wad dungeon system was like, there was basically like five sets they all had different yeah. stack combinations, but it was like the different stack combinations across all five. Yeah. And like they dropped everywhere. So like if you if it if a dungeon dropped leather chests, it dropped like five different leather chests with different yeah. stack comps. So it's just Yeah, that part's annoying. But um, but no, I mean it's uh it'll be interesting to see how Mythic Plus sort of sort of changes it up. But that was just some fun facts I learned yeah. yesterday as I was going through all of the gear that can drop from those places. So, so Drez asks, Brew will use the token on the trinket from the nine and probably the staff from the nine, correct? And I think the answer to that is actually no. So the reason for that is that there's also, as part of season four, an upgrade currency that you can earn that allows you to bump normal and heroic eye level items and then probably also LFR eye level items up to mythic eye level. So the nine is very easy to get on it every difficulty like maybe you don't get it on mythic but you can very easily in the space of a week kill the nine on lfr normal heroic and mythic to get four shots at each of those items and then you take those and you use the upgrade currency on those um the staff is like still very meme you just like you use the on use in the 30 seconds and you you abuse offhand weapons to swap to a dual wield setup um and so that one's really way less necessary as like it's way less of an upgrade than like vein ripper is vein ripper is uh, in sanctum tier they were like one vein ripper was like three and a half or four percent dps Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, uh, I think for items that are relatively easy to just acquire, you just run the raid and you get a drop and you run on every difficulty and you upgrade it. But then like in contrast, Painsmith is still hard for pugs. So you're way less likely to get in a successful heroic Painsmith pug if your guild is not doing heroic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And similar with like the guardian trinkets. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's like, I think that's the same philosophy like, uh, like I would use too is like in terms of items that you'd want to pick up. It's going to be those difficult ones or the ones that have a lot of competition, like the ones like particularly like, like trinkets Ripper. that are Vein Ripper, right? From a DPS perspective, it's still really good. And, and like trinkets for healers that also DPS would want. So Yeah. Like your raid needs twice as many Vein Rippers as most other weapons because everybody that uses it dual wields. So your Demon Hunter wants two, your Monks want two, your Enhancement Shaman, I think they can use them, will want two. Like everybody that can use them is going to want two of them, um, except for rogues, because rogues will be using Sylvanas daggers instead. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we know about season four. Like the expectation is Blizzard has to put, right, they have to put a post out this week. Like that would be the idea. But with our luck, they're going to do it right after we end this podcast. That's true. That's true. Glad we did it on a Monday. Um, <laughs> Well, cool. So, I mean, that's really all that happened this week. It was like the Raider.io thing wrapping up the season, season four, trickle of info. Like they did release the 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 faded schedule, nothing really beyond that. And everything we have is from PTR. PTR hasn't been updated in like three weeks. So <laughs> to be there was fair, actually a PTR build this week, but oh, was not it? really meaningful new info. Gotcha. There's some like data mine stuff about what the current HP numbers are and damage numbers are, but it's all just a guess. And it may well change before it hits live. Like, we have no idea what to expect. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the other thing. We don't really know how these faded raids are tuned, um, which will, yeah, hopefully it's like, I think we've talked about this a couple times, but I'd be fine if it's like heroic plus, like heroic, but like slightly harder because, uh, particularly if you're doing like the mythic version of it, right? So, like, the mythic version would be like heroic, slightly, just slightly harder. Um, Because I don't want to have to like put another four hours into Sylvanas just to, to kill it. I really wish they would like selectively nerf some of these bosses or just outright remove them. Like there's a list of bosses that I would just like to never do again, right? I don't want to do Fate Scribe or Kel'Thuzad or Stone Legion Generals or Council of Blood or Lords of Dread. And like, if I could just say like, we're not doing those, we're killing the other bosses. I would be fine if it's actually tuned like regular Mythic because the other bosses, actually we can probably throw Anduin on that list too. The other (laughs) bosses, I am like perfectly fine doing it regular Mythic scaling. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I think they're fun. Like I won't mind if Painsmith is actually hard and we get to spend time doing Painsmith because it's getting to spend time doing Painsmith, a boss I like doing. Not, you know, getting to spend time on Lords of Dread or Fate Scribe that I actually just loathe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do, but hopefully it's sort of a a chill, like three, four hour experience to go through Mythic. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. So it's like one raid night, and then we can spend the rest of the time in Sepulchre because we're not definitely not adding more time for faded stuff. So yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, so that's, they did. Uh, one more clarification: you cannot do the non-faded version of the raid if the raid is faded. Oh right, they did. Yeah, they did clarify that. So so that means that on faded Sepulchre weeks, 
you cannot do non-faded sepulchre just for a mount farm. So if you want to just farm mounts and not do faded, you just skip every third week, basically. Or you actually do faded in only sepulchre. Gotcha. Forgot about that. Season four will be interesting. I hope it's just like you just get to blast and have fun. Like that's the that's the goal. Yeah, we're gonna see. I'm. We are because we raid on the weekend. We are not really making concrete plans for the first week of of faded because we have mm-hmm. no idea what to expect, and we're going to watch what happens on Tuesday of uh, the patch, and if it's a steamroll, then we'll go into mythic, and if it's not a steamroll, we'll go into heroic, and like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? So, um, well, cool. Well, I, I guess, um, I mean, that's all I, I think for this week. So we can sort of jump into the main topic, which is, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about this. I think the main focus will be on uh, sort of some of the profession updates because this will be a sort of a group of, um, it's a, it's a main, or sorry, it's a main thing on the group, or sorry, it's a, uh, the main topic today. Um, and it's sort of a grouping of what we did this week and some of the information that came out last week. Um, beforehand uh, but then also i think the big first thing here is blizzard had did a really nice post on uh what ha- what their goals are for testing this week were um in terms of like the beta so or sorry the alpha so this is sort of i think a new thing that blizzard's trying here where they're being very focused about what they're testing either each week or each two weeks right now it's they've changed it each week we can only assume that this week we'll get another post like this and a new alpha build right um but basically yeah. what they ended up doing was they opened up a couple of things they uh, opened up the Forbidden Reach, which is the Drakthir starting zone, and they sort of removed access to the Azure Span, which was the zone from last week that was up for testing. Um, and then along with that, they've added in um, new dungeons, so you can try out two of the new dungeons. Um, and then sort of updated, um, or then sorry, also then released the Shaman Talent Tree, uh, and then put a bunch of sort of updates around the different professions and things like that below. Um, so the idea here is I think Blizzard's being very uh, deliberate in terms of like who, um, in terms of like what they want the teams to test and yeah. uh, what like what should be active and things like that. So very similar to, I think we've talked about this. First, I think Morgan actually made this comment in one of the interviews where he basically said, they're treating this alpha testing much like they'll treat dungeon, or sorry, raid testing. Where right, like you have a boss active for yeah. raid testing, focus on that. Here they're saying, all right, here's the zone or here's the system we want you to test. Focus on that. Um, and the big thing this week, right, two new dungeons is really cool, so we'll talk about those. But then also we got Shaman Talents, which I don't know. I mean, we're not technically, I'm not a Shaman expert, right? But I listen, sort of read a bunch of stuff about what people have been saying about sh- these talents, and people love this tree. Yeah. People are absolutely like, I've heard things about like if, you know, if every class is like this, um, you know what I mean? Uh you know, if every class tree looks like this, it'd be great and everything like that. So, um, yeah, so Shaman Talent Tree came out. Get to play around and mess around with that if you're a Shaman main um, or if you're just a Shaman enjoyer. Um, and it seems like basically every spec of Shaman is sort of enjoying their class tree, right? I, I think, so The this is one thing I want to highlight. The class tree is very, very in- interconnected, uh, very different from how the Death Knight tree is that people criticize pretty pretty heavily. Like, this is very, very interconnected. It's, you know, entirely possible to start up here at the Resto one and, like, just follow this, like, path down and end up over here at the Elemental end without mm-hmm. having to take all of the Elemental stuff to get there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Much more interconnected. And I think too, much, much wider, like just in terms of like yeah. the span of talents, right? A lot more one point talents, a lot more like just, you know, things like that. Like um, in contrast, look at how narrow these are and how like locked off this is. Yeah. And this is actually, yeah. they went back in the Death Knight one, got some updates. So it's more possible, like you can start over here and then cross partway over, but you can't get all the way over to the other capstone without going into Unholy. Exactly. Or yeah. Blood, I guess. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a great treat. People are really enjoying it. And so I'm hoping that, like, I think we've talked, I think we talked about this at the time, like, Death Knight might have been the first class they worked on these new trees with. And yeah. then, like, Druid was also really early. And so the, the ones that have come out previous to this have been really good. I mean, Priest, well, I guess barring Priest, Priest is not the most loved tree, we'll say. Um, yeah. It but, has uh, been, no. so one of the things that was interesting, um, the, you remember the, what is it like build your own berserk that bear druids get yep. in their tree uh we see little bits of that in the shaman tree where you have a like multiple different talents that are related to stormkeeper like you can get stormkeeper and then other things that make your stormkeeper better uh and like adding different charges and things there's mm -hmm. nothing quite on the same level as build your own berserk so i'm curious if we're going to see more of the like you know customize your major cd kind of thing yeah. Or if that's going to stick to being like a bear, bear only thing, or get cut from bear too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I'm just. I'm definitely excited for at least to see the monk tree. That'll be a next week. Will be a good week when that comes out, and we'll be able to to mess around. Tomorrow, with it, right? So. Tuesday is coming out tomorrow. No, one week from one week. With it's season four. Away. Oh, with no, season four. No, 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 no. Emilson, I people have tried to say that. I always say one week. Okay. But I'm I'm nail I'm putting my foot down next week it comes out. I said I'm, three weeks, two weeks ago. I said two weeks last week. I'm pretty sure you said week. I'm pretty sure you said next week last week, but I'm not sure. So you, oh, I could, you could have. I'll <laughs> let you off the hook this time. But no, I think yeah, in any event, the monk one, I mean I have you gotta be optimistic about it and see what's going on, see what see what'll come out. But no. Hopefully next week we'll be able to have a little bit more discussion on the monk tree um i guess it would be two podcasts from now next podcast we'll talk about how it didn't come out this week and then yeah one after that we'll talk about how awesome it is so yeah <laughs> um so cool so that's sort of the the patch notes i'm hoping they continue to do this um there's been just i guess in general a lot of different um you know sort of blue posts that have come out and so yeah. this is in line with one uh one interview that came out late in the cycle so mana crew um who i believe is a german out it, I want to say I don't know for sure. I have not um, watched this one yet. Yeah. Um, but in any event, um, yeah, they're they're a German uh sort of publication. They did an interview with Morgan. Um, and basically a couple things that came out of this um that I thought were interesting. Number one um was the the alpha testing focus, which we've talked about. But the other thing too is that they started to do or they want to do these larger sort of blog style posts or blue style posts, particularly to get feedback on things without you actually having alpha, um, which is a is a good thing. I think it's good in two ways. Number one, it does provide feedback from people who don't have alpha to sort of comment and say, hey, this looks cool, this doesn't look cool. But I think too, it gets into like potentially why Blizzard is doing certain things. So even if you have alpha, you can sort of get a context of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like we'll continue to see these more like preview blogs, right? Um, for yeah. other content as it comes out, um, which, is, which is always good. I mean, it seems like Blizzard has upped the communication um across the board like in terms of like 
I think it's what hunters have had at last count seven or eight blue posts. Yeah, that's, uh, since their ta- talents came out, so that's more blue posts that a single like class has received than any individual class received, except for maybe druids in the entirety of the Shadowlands beta. Yeah, yeah. So the new and to be fair, the people writing these, from my understanding, are fairly they're not new to the team, but they're like not the same main class designers from from Shadowlands. So it's nice to see we're seeing like just a little bit more communication. Um, even if it's not exactly what you want, it's just nice to get an idea of why they're thinking this way. Um, and the other thing to come out of this interview that I thought was also very interesting was just around that um, Morgan sort of has this idea, or they're sort of as a design team or as a team, they're looking at the idea of like reimagining certain things uh, that have generally been set in stone, but sort of re- reimagine them and building them as more like foundational systems that can be expanded upon, which is why the profession revamp is so big, um, yeah. which is why I think talent trees will, you know, be something that's here to say, basically being a system that isn't just a dragonflight system. It's a, you know, dragonflight today and will expand or change or mold as the next expansion comes. We're not going to yeah. completely throw it away. I think, um, the willingness to do a level squish is actually really big for this kind of stuff where like we already have like expansion scoped professions where like if you go and you learn alchemy you have to learn shadowlands alchemy and bfa alchemy and legion alchemy they're different alchemy skills Uh, so those are already like per expansion but then for leveling we had just kept going up and up and up in levels and that makes it really hard to do things with like this kind of talent tree but since they're willing to do level squishes, now they can be like, okay, we hit level 90. This is getting, you know, kind of unwieldy. You know, we're going to do a level squish. So next expansion, you all start at 50. Talent trees getting compressed. We'll cut out some of the cruft. And then uh, you level to 60 again. Yeah. And like, that's something that would happen like six years from now, right? That's two or three expansions away still. Um, at, even after Dragonflight. And... Right. uh so it's not like an everyday thing, but it does mean that they don't have to concern themselves with, well, what do we do when we have 120 levels with a style of talent tree like this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's good that they're looking at that more again in the, just in the context of how they design things like more, Hey, here's a system we want to, we know we'll be around for a while. So let's like just iterate on it. Right. Um, yeah. And then the only, I guess maybe the only other thing for me that lo- that was interesting coming out of this is that there was there is this idea of like if you care about the if you care about the lore and story like there was in the the last patch like a little bit of storyline that was hit right so there was a couple of yeah. encrypted quests and encrypted um, cutscenes um, that were in the build that people didn't know until they were live particularly around like K- Khalil I saw you say her name Kalia Kalia yeah. sorry Menethil. Um, and stuff like that. And he said they want to, they're going to try and do more of that. So encrypted cutscenes aren't anything new. We've seen those for a while, right? Um, yeah. But encrypted quests are new. Um, yeah. And that's sort of a cool idea of like locking certain content down, testing around it, but locking certain content down, particularly when it comes to story. That again, I think is a little I think that's cool, that, actually. So, yeah. yeah. Like um, it always, like, I, I don't feel bad about like getting story spoilers from PTR. I don't, but yeah. it is kind of cool. The collective, oh my God moment when something happens on live. Like you remember um, after killing uh, Kill Jaden the first time in Legion, 
the sky changing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was such a cool thing that didn't happen on PTR. Yeah. And so when you when you killed that boss and you went outside and you knew it, oh holy shit. Yeah. It's different. That was yeah. that was very cool. Yeah, they have yeah, those those moments are those moments are fun, fun for sure. So um but yeah, it's just a, it's just, it was a fairly short interview, it looked like, but um not too much new in the way info, but a couple of cool, cool po- you know, points from Morgan and, and the team there. So um it's cool. And one thing actually, one final thing that isn't particular to professions before you jump in that, that um I want to talk about, which I, I thought I put in the notes, but I didn't. But there is um so the Tuscar you are actually back. Did. I, I did put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about it real quick because I think it's actually a cool flavor thing. And it, so this is the reason I want to talk about it. Is it so um, if you don't know the Tuscar, like the walrus race of Azeroth, um, very big in um, Wrath of the Lich King. And they sort of have, have dotted the world since then, right? Um, and one of the things that, that they do, or one of the things in the original Wrath was, is they had this sort of turtle boat and you could jump on the turtle and take you from different Tuscar per- port to Tuscar port. One thing they're adding in 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 uh in Dragonflight is the ability to actually ride this thing from from the different Tuscar locations around the world now. Before it was just centered on uh Northrend and now you can sort of take it from different areas in like Grizzly Hill or I guess Grizzly Hills is in Northrend but like to Drusfar or Azuna or Vashir or like different continents across different expansions and things like that. Kunlai Summit in in MOP. Um and this, you basically can ride this boat. It just takes you all over the place. Doesn't seem like it does anything other than just like take you on a trip for an hour. Right. But um, it's like cool little flavor stuff where like, you know, in today's modern WoW game, like there is so much between like porting place to place or like Hearthstone, you have like 12 different ways to like port somewhere immediately. Right. And like you'd set multiple Hearthstones. It's like nice that they're adding this type of stuff, which hopefully, I mean, you've heard this a little bit from, from some of the other other interviews, some of the the nuance in it is that they're sort of adding like just like flavor stuff, not stuff that's like particularly for content or particularly that they're going to use in the future, but just like if you stumble upon this cool area, you found a cool area, and that's like the extent of it. And I yeah. think like stuff like this is is what maybe not for me because like to be fair, I'm gonna mainline and do the most efficient thing I can to like both level and play the game. Yeah. But like I appreciate stuff like this, like taking the time to be like, it would be cool if you could just jump on a boat and like maybe I do this one day. Maybe I'm like, hey, I do want to take a hour long boat ride around the world on this like yeah. little turtle boat and chill. I mean, so this would never fly in retail, but I do. I one of the things that I do like about classic is having to like travel in a way that makes sense in the world, not just taking portals everywhere. Yeah, like you you want to go to Molten Core from Orgrimmar, you get on the Zeppelin, then you take a flight path, and then you walk. <laughs> yeah, and you know even in in Burning Crusade and Wrath, this work was still the same for the most part. Like you you used systems that made sense in the world, and then. Uh, I mean, in TBC and Wrath, you had your own flying, so you maybe didn't take a a flight path, and you definitely did not walk. Yeah. But you you still did things that made sense, as opposed to like a lot of going there now is like going to Zareth Mortis involves taking multiple portals and then uh, and then flying, or yeah. in the case of like a bunch of raiders, 
getting summoned. Yeah, just waiting for someone to summon you. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, and I, yeah. So I mean, for me, I think that's some of the cool flavor stuff that I think hopefully they'll continue doing it. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the part of the game that, that gets lost a lot of times, like that sort of casual nature of just like, hey, it's not all about like pushing. And and I fall into this too, like just as a player nowadays, but it's not all about like pushing, hey, I gotta kill all these mythic yeah. bosses, gotta push my score. Like that's all I do. It's it's cool that there's just like an actual world, like a game behind it that you can just sort of like hang out in. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, so cool. So sorry. I just only thing I want to say about that before we get into the the profession stuff. So um so yeah, so Blizzard, I guess in terms of professions, Blizzard sort of they put out their big blog post about sort of just the massive amount of changes that they're doing within uh within the professions for 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 Dragonflight. And so it's a bunch of you know new things. We talked about like the work order system, which is coming in where you can like get you know BOP items made for you through the auction house, right? Um, but in general, the way that you're like also leveling up these professions is different. There's like now like there's a quality to everything. There is a like reagents you can add to make things better. You can specialize. It'll be like profession talent points and things like that. Um, and so like Blizzard has sort of put out another blog post sort of expanding on that and sort of adding, I think, a little bit more in terms of like what is out there. And I think the the cool thing about professions out of all of this, right, not the actual systems, but like some of the stuff they're putting in the world, again, putting in the world around this stuff, right? Like yeah. at the top of the post, they go through like, to actually do your your profession now, you'll need to go to a station. Um, yeah. And the stations have like models and they're in certain parts of town and like you can't make potions without being at that station. Or maybe you you can, but they're like of lesser like impact. And things right, like it's that, like so. a, I think they did comment that they want to still allow you to make flasks and stuff on the fly, but it would be like the, using the crafting station would still be like a, I don't know, a really big skill boost. Mm-hmm. So then it's yeah. like you're really incentivized to go back to the station when you can. But if you're in the middle of a raid night, you don't have to go back to town if you just need like an extra flask. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's like a, a cool like in world update in terms of like, um, like, yeah, like I'm going to hang out like with my my little like, little like alchemy table and mix potions and stuff like that. Um and so, yeah, a couple other things. So that's sort of, I think, the big, not the big, but they sort of showed off some of the models, some of the animations around those. Um, they've also added in reagent bags, an update to the reagent bag. Um, so you now have, that That was what the extra bag slot was, I think, yep. from the alpha screenshots. We had the um, sixth bag slot in the, all the screenshots that got leaked, and yeah. this is what it's for. Yeah. Um, so that'll be for reagents. Um, they'll hold any reagent you can so basically it's just like your reagent bank but now on your character yep um so it'll hold everything um and along with that they up the like they've upped the stack size for a lot of things like pretty massively actually so um the current plan is gathered resources go to a thousand a stack which is absolutely ginormous right yeah and then consumable items um or they say most consumable items so a lot of consumable items will go to 200 a stack from 20 to think like yeah. potions, pots, flasks, stuff like that. Now go to twenty. Same with like armor kits. I don't. I don't. Maybe they stack over twenty now. I don't know. They don't. Um, there are stacks of twenty. I know because gotcha. there's time to time I've been like, okay, I need to make you know two hundred armor kits for the guild, and that's ten stacks. Gotcha. <laughs> um, gotcha. It is. So one thing that this loses 
is the little mini game of managing your inventory that you get in like when you're leveling in classic and you don't have the nice 30 slot bags that everybody levels with now because they're yeah. cheap um you have this little mini game of like you know you're out adventuring and you've got more gray items and like figuring out which gray items to pick up and which ones to leave behind um but i don't think the retail game really has that anymore like yeah. you don't you if you run out of bag space maybe you throw out a junk item or more realistically you throw out one of the 57 anima items you've got in your bags um Mm-hmm. you just end up like we have bags that are so big that you virtually never run into this unless you are actually trying to go out and gather or do a lot of crafting and there you don't really make a decision it just adds busy work of like going back and forth to the bank right yeah um so i think this is going to be good and it's just kind of an acknowledgement of how the game is different from how it was back in classic like and i mean the other thing here is that this doesn't really impact in theory the mini game the inventory mini game while you're leveling because you're not going to be getting thousands and thousands of each herb while you're leveling or thousands and thousands of potions while you're leveling you're going to be doing those things at at max level the little gray items and other stuff like that are still going to take out a huge amount of backspace that you're going to have to fill around with so maybe it's not actually going to remove anything but that's kind of like the initial thought in my head is like a this is super convenient b that kind of removes another element of the like classic leveling game systems yeah yeah but yeah and it is definitely a, a very nice nice to have we'll say in terms of um in terms of what it is so um the uh the other thing as a part of this um as a part of this update too or this blog post from Blizzard was um they really they introduced basically mining equipment or sorry not mining equipment but uh profession equipment. So the idea here too is that like there are going to be certain items I think you can you can equip that will give you bonuses to yep. your um to whatever profession you are working on. Um and that is super cool cuz they look really awesome like i think blizzard um i think most people would agree like blizzard's art department hands down like the pinnacle like the the reason the game is generally so strong is because it looks so good um and so i think yeah they they've sort of i'm super excited like i think i'm just excited about this just to like look interesting or different right like the mining stuff looks super cool you get like a pickaxe and like a hat that has like a candle with like dripping wax over it and like a you just have like a box in your back like your little mining stuff in it so um yeah it'll be it'll be i'll be more interested to see like how the equipment like how you interact with the equipment as a part of the gameplay loop like you have to keep it equipped to get the bonuses you just have to have your bags it's a separate set of equipment slots from what i saw okay so you don't have to swap it back and forth you don't have to like swap especially if you're playing in war mode right like imagine trying to gather in war mode and you like swap to your gathering gear and someone just absolutely murders you because you have no combat stats gotcha okay so it's basically like separate gear slots on like your character sheet yeah yeah 
it's not on your character sheet right now. It's on a on a separate like crafting panel. Um, okay. But it is it is separate. You get new slots for it. Um, that is how I believe it works. I have, as I said, not spent as much time on alpha as I wanted, so I have not actually messed with the crafting stuff yet. Um, gotcha. I want to get on and mess with the new cooking and alchemy stuff. Um, one other quality of life thing I want to mention as well, they are finally fixing prospecting and milling. These, oh, yeah. These are the biggest pain in the ass on live. <laughs> they, in, uh, I think in BFA, they started, or no, in Legion, they started adding the like mass milling. So you can like mass mill fell, you know, fell wheat or whatever it is. And, um, but those require that you have exactly 20 to right. do the mass mill. And you still got to sit there. You know, if you've got 4,000 herbs, cause you just bought a bunch off the auction house to make, uh, inks, you have to sit there, mat like mass milling for 30 minutes. God, so they've, yeah. They've um, streamlined that. There's a new system for it to like, basically there's going to be a recipe in each of your professions, like your, your Legion jewel crafting, your BFA jewel crafting, your Shadowlands jewel crafting are all going to have like a prospecting uh, recipe that you can use that you're going to be able to just hit like, you know, use all on whatever or, or you put in. So it's like your, or becomes like an optional reagent if it's required you have to put one in and you just hit create all and it just mills it all or or prospects it all nice nice yeah that's that is a that's a huge quality i forgot about that i mean to be fair like i my professions have been the same generally the ones i pick are the same every expansion it's always alchemy and enchanting yeah because like i want extra flash duration and i don't want to have to find enchanting mats because i ee so much gear anyway it's like it's an easy yeah. way to make gold just by playing the game for me so um yeah maybe maybe i'll pick up something else this expansion but that's a that's a huge quality of life thing it seems like a lot yeah. of a lot of quality of life stuff coming into the the profession space which is i think sorely needed like you like you said they've essentially the same profession system in place for like three yeah. or four expansions like with the zero change so yeah um so cool. So I think next up, um, so they did the sort of the blog post. You can definitely check out some of the stuff. But um, there was a couple of posts, particularly around Alchemy, which I wanted to focus on. So I think this is going to be some of the the bigger change. Like, uh, again, I think it's all bigger changes. But one of the more, I think, shocking changes or drastic changes in terms of like um, the going of the expansion. So the biggest thing going coming into Alchemy, this expansion, is uh, what is called Files. And I think we talked about this briefly in like the original previews. And I was like, oh, you'll have flasks and files, but like you'll just use the flask. I don't, they'll never be able to balance these files too well. And it'll be kind of annoying. Well, um, it looks no like flasks. there are no flasks. <laughs> uh, there's just files. And so basically what files are is they function like the old flask did. Key differences, they're shorter duration, um, less mats, of course. Um, but then also they do, they aren't just stat increases they aren't like you get x number more int or you know y number more whatever it's uh there's some interesting effects um and so i mean more power to them to create, kind of create these like unique files and these unique things that'll last through death and, and things you can use over the course of say a dungeon or a raid um but um but yeah i don't know how i don't know flasks are just so easy these are sort of not gonna think I need maybe need to make like a different one than the ones I have. So I'll need to keep a handful on time. I don't know. It's kind of 
slightly annoying, but um, wait, I get why they may have wanted to shake up at least the alchemy profession and like get away from the idea of like the fun things are the potions you get and that's it. And then everything else is just a flask that you always use, right? Um, that's a straight stat increase. So I don't know if you took a look through all, all these elements. I don't know if there's one that yeah. sort of stands out. I mean, there's still file of charge to isolation. This is the the sliver equivalent that is still going to be awful if it ends up being the best for casters. But there is one file of static empowerment that encourages you to remain stationary that will and gives you a movement speed buff when you do have to move, um, which will likely be uh, actually better in practice. Because like if you imagine um, you're a priest, a lot of the time you want to stand still then you gotta do a big move for a mechanic well getting a huge amount of speed rating from that you're not casting while you're doing that anyway so getting a bunch of speed to actually make the move will be very nice um for tanks there's one uh file of the eye in the storm your primary stat is increased for each enemy that is attacking you stacking up to five times that's just an obvious choice seems like for a uh, dungeon environment or any fight where you're tanking a bunch of ads they do have to be attacking you so that means you have threat on them which means that this is not a dps file they just are going to get zero value from this um unless attacking you means something completely different in their minds um but yeah there's a there's a few different ones in here that like i'm going to be interested in uh in which of these end up actually making it live because there's a couple in here like iced file of corrupting rage you gain Corrupting Rage, which grants critical strike rating. After suffering 100% of your health and damage, you briefly swap to Overwhelming Rage, which causes you to take 100% of your health as nature <laughs> damage over 30 seconds. Um, if you, like, a single person, this seems fine. 30 seconds is a long time, so there's yep. plenty of time to heal through this. It's not that bad. Uh, but imagine your entire melee group using this or just like six seven eight dps using this suddenly you're having to heal eight players for their entire health bar over 30 seconds on top of the just the damage that is already going out from a fight yeah that seems like it's another one that's just going to be bait like it feels like there's going to just be like everybody using charged uh or static empowerment uh or maybe Elemental Chaos ends up being tuned well, and like the tanks use Eye of the Storm. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Something like that is, but it feels like some of these other ones are just going to be like, it's going to be like corruption, like people going too high on corruption. Like in theory, maybe charged isolation or corrupting rage is better for you. But in practice, we're going to say, no, you're not allowed to use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see which ones sort of come out as the ones that you know are the best. But um, but it's cool that Blizzard's sort of doing this sort of weird stuff in terms of like these type of potions, right? Or sorry, files. So like changing up the flask, sort of I guess construct or like system, which has been in place since I mean original World of Warcraft, right? Like classic launch with flask that no one ever used because they were ridiculously expensive and like weren't that big of a of a of an increase. But yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I guess also keeping with the alchemy theme is they did, we did data mine or there was data mining on all of, or a bunch of new potions in Dragonflight, um, which sort of, again, this idea of like, these aren't the typical, like invis pot, you know, 
uh, mana pots, health pots, assuming those are all there, right? Uh, yeah. These ones are like different, like, you know, um, different like healing ones. Like there's one that reduces mana cost by 100%, but increases your cast time. So like you get, you know, 100% mana reduction over the course of this potion, and then you just cast a little bit longer, which, you know, you weigh the cost of that versus the cost of maybe a drink potion, you know, a potion where you'll you'll get mana over, you know, a, a course of a certain amount of time. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's like interesting new ones like that. Um, and so, um, yeah, there's the a few, again. sorry, there's a few of these that are, we've seen somewhat pre some previously, I think like residual neural channeling agents, wild dead, assault your enemy's consciousness with what remains of your own dealing nature damage over 18 seconds to your target. Should you be revived, the remaining damage will be dealt instantly. Releasing your spirit will return consciousness to you and cancel the effect. So that's oh. the kind of, that's kind of neat is like, a, you know, imagine getting to 1% on the boss and like everybody that's dead is like, you know, <laughs> using these potions to try and help kill it. And it's not that much additional damage, right? But it is something. And if there's 18 people dead and your two tanks are trying to solo and win, maybe that's enough. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. We've definitely had some very, very close wipes, like sub 100k wipes, right? To to bosses. So yeah. Um, there's also so because of the way that files are replacing flasks, cauldrons are also changing to give potions instead of um, instead of files. Like the files are going to be something you have to provide for yourself. Uh, cauldrons will instead provide potions. Um, yeah. And so these are just stat potions. So uh just prolonged powers back. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it's your main stat for, you know, 45 seconds from the max level one. Yeah. Um So, yeah. It's it's just prolonged power. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which is which is funny that I like I had that what prolonged powers were was that BFA? Or was that was that, Shadow, oh, that was Legion. Legion, yeah. You would well, some people I know some people that use them in BFA still because they were just so I, so cheap and the BFA ones were really expensive. Yeah, I use them in I use them leveling up through BFA. So Yeah. Um I mean I know yeah. people that like in a heroic raid, like after we had, were in Mythic Prog, right? Instead of using BFA potions, would use prolonged power potions. Oh, really? Because the prolonged power ones were still basically free and the BFA ones were very expensive still. So they were like, I, I can use this and get something. And it's not even that much worse. Like prolonged powers are actually really good. Yeah. And the BFA potions were not as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, tons of cool stuff from like the alchemy profession came out, just interesting new profession changes in general. So, um, like I, like I said, I'm always I'm always down for Blizzard changing it up a little bit, and uh, this should be uh, should be cool. Should be uh, cool to see how they end up. The I don't know I don't know if I'm bored with files yet because it means I have to make them myself. It sounds like I can't just click a cauldron, so might be an issue. But uh, but potion cauldrons are nice. So all I'm saying is that they better not make the ones that are like uh, toxic in raid the ones that are also the the best sim. Yeah. No, that like, is that is true. 
if every one of our DPS wants to put Corrupting Rage on and we have to say no to all of our DPS, or even worse, say no to like most of our DPS, but Demon Hunters are allowed because they're fucking invulnerable anyway. Um, like, no. Not going to be happy about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I also hope the, the good ones are not the troll ones because that would be annoying for sure, for certain. So... Um, all right, I guess we can, we got a little bit of information, additional information about how recrafting items is going to work. And so we mentioned this last time, I believe. So when we got the previous, uh, preview that you're going to be able to recraft items, but we didn't have any details. We have some now. Um, so you need this soul bound reagent called artisans metal, either the crafter or the uh, person getting it crafted can provide it uh, using the work order system. And what this lets you do is change out any of the optional reagents in the gear. Uh, So the ones that are already there, like gems, they get destroyed. But the new ones, you can like, this is how you could bump up the item level on an item. Or you could swap out secondary stats or add a bonus effect. Like all these different things that come from optional reagents. Um, are going to be possible using this to recraft the item. So this means that there's a very low barrier to like getting a inexpensive item for your alt and then later on going and upgrading it using your own artisan's metal that you just picked up while you were, you know, doing quests or or dungeons or wherever these drop from. Mm-hmm. So um, this, I think, actually solves a lot of my concerns about the like what would happen with low ranked recipes like early on especially in the tier you're going to get a low rank recipe just because you can like it's going to be cheaper and you you get it recrafted later once prices have gone down or once you've got your your soulbound mats to make it easier you know whatever ends up happening with that like if recrafting is so frictionless um then there's going to be a market for every level of item pretty much Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, yeah, if you can pull the stuff out and add different reagents, it'll be, it'll be perfect. So I forgot about that. I read, I sort of glossed over that when I was doing my review. So yeah, it's, nice. this also solves one of the things that people run into this summer and where like your secondary priorities would shift around. You want to switch like yeah. your legendary from, you know, haste mastery to mastery crit and you couldn't. Right, exactly. Well, this will exactly. let you do that without without paying the full cost of getting a whole new legendary made. Nice. Very, very cool. Very cool. Uh, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, any other like profession related updates you had from your side? No, I really want to. I want to get on alpha. Maybe I'll do that this evening. I'll get on alpha and play around with cooking. Nice. Um, I had been the main cook for my raid team for mm-hmm. this entire expansion uh, up until the stone soup cauldrons uh, came out because they're actually cheaper to just buy than to make. Oh, People really? make them to level up cooking or something. And oh, gotcha. so um, uh, they're they're like, or it's maybe not cheaper. It's like the, the vendor items, like 250 gold. Uh, and you have to combine that with some other stuff to make the actual cauldron. Mm-hmm but they're only like 260 or 270 gold on the auction house. <laughs> just so I, just, them up. Yeah. I just buy them. 
Like there's not that much. Like I'm not, I'm okay paying effectively like 10 gold over or 20 gold over what it would cost me to just craft it myself. So I might hop on and play around with cooking and see what, see what, uh, what that's like. That'd be fun. That'd be a good time. A good time. Um, uh, I can't hop on alpha yet. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Soon. Soon. I believe. Exactly. One week. Uh huh. When the monk, like they gotta let you in so you can test the mystery for talents, right? Exactly. Exactly. You it's and like not Abe. Hit. Well, I mean, Abe's got a free pass, so. <laughs> so. True. I th- he's one of the people I did dungeons with. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, speaking of dungeons, uh, yeah. we did get two okay. new dungeons on the alpha this week. So we uh, got dungeons. Neltharis, which is like um black dragon flight themed uh neltharis neltharian black dragon like that became deathwing that kind of thing uh and we got uldaman legacy of tear which is like a revamp of uldaman the dungeon from classic um and uh having done them both i can say that if you try these on alpha right now uldaman is a lot harder oh really just just on a pure numbers level the uldaman is a lot harder Interesting. I wonder if it's a what is a higher level dungeon in terms of where it sits in like the hierarchy, and that's why. Maybe. Um, maybe it's like a later be, zone one. That could be. Uh, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't like that bad. I was still doing uh pulls of multiple packs at the time, uh, pretty routinely. Um, gotcha. But it was definitely definitely noticeably harder than Neltharis. Gotcha. Um, How, oh, sorry. The other thing that I want to mention before we move on to the other stuff, there are fervent strikes in these dungeons, which seems like a copy paste error. Like they copied a spell that had a fervent strike uh, from yeah. before that got patched out of live and uh, left it in there. So that's something they got to fix because uh, they removed those from retail from like live for good reason. Yeah. And it would really suck if the first tier of dungeons next season, we have to deal with it again. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, or this this just isn't a part of the first tier of dungeons since there's only going to be like what four yeah, dungeons in the mythic plus. So cool. I mean, I guess so old amount was much harder. How how was the um like how would you describe the dungeon like, you know, in terms of like is it like super linear? Is it sort of wide open? Like are there Very All right, so Neltharis Thara seemed very open. Um Okay. So the way that that dungeon is set up, you like go in, you do a first boss, and there's like two wings that you go off and do, and then you uh, kind of go back to the center and you do the final boss. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that one seemed very open. There's a lot of options there of doing bosses in different orders, kind of like in the other side right now, you can do the bosses in a bunch of different orders. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of travel time. After we finished one wing, there wasn't a, sh- a quick way to get over to the other. We had to like back check all the way back. The- as far as we could tell, like we didn't see a way to get back there more quickly. Like, there's not like the Mechagon thing you click and like ports you. Not that we saw. Maybe it, it's not implemented. Maybe we just didn't see it. It needs to be more visible. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's actually that we weren't supposed to go the way that we did. And we were supposed to go the other way. <laughs> That's true. It is alpha. It is alpha. Um, who knows? But it it that's one thing that we did notice. Um, and I mean, not a lot to say about the bosses there's some interesting stuff there even for a normal dungeon like one of the bosses um 
like chains players to the ground like and not not like on prototype pantheon right where you get speared and you're just stuck there you have a a pillar of fire with a spear in it and you are chained to that spear and you can move around um and you have to like move the chain through the boss which stuns the boss and makes him take increased damage gotcha but it's a little bit more challenging than that because if you move through a player they get stunned and take damage Ah, okay. So you can't just like run directly, get a watch for the other. The other. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So the other players have to all pay attention. So it gets kind of hectic. We didn't realize that at first. So we ended up with like three chains out. <laughs> um, and that was quite difficult. And then we also had a situation where someone stood on me, the tank, with their chain. Oh, geez. Well, that was fun. Uh, like the chain was over top of me and I'm just like perma stunned on the ground. <laughs> Cannot move cannot parry cannot dodge like oh, nothing cannot i was playing a death knight because they have new talents and yeah. uh i couldn't death strike turns that's out death knight not great when you cannot death strike oh that's yeah it's a pretty core ability to the old blood it's fact so uh that one i think was like the the highlight um for me mm-hmm. the bosses were all fairly short because it was just normal difficulty gotcha. um but yeah it was it was uh there were some pretty neat abilities in there. Oh cool. Um Uldaman, like the vibe of Uldaman, like if you've done the OG Uldaman dungeon, it is like a dig site. It is, you know, uh constructs and and trogs and all of the stuff you would expect from Uldaman, the dungeon. Um <laughs> there's gotcha. a there's a, a, a reference to the Lost Vikings game that is one of like Blizzard's very, very early games. Yeah. Um, where literally the first boss... Actually, so you have the option... To, there's two different bosses you can do first, but in practice, you're always doing this one first because if you don't, you have to go kill the second one and then backtrack to here and then go back forward. Gotcha. So like, okay. why would you ever do that? Um, because you have to do this one and the other one both to unlock a door mm-hmm. so why why do it in the other order anyway um so it's the lost dwarves there's three of them they i honestly oh, yeah. couldn't tell you what they do except that partway through the fight they get in like a flying long ship and like just fly and drop bombs on you and your range dps are very happy because they get to meet beat the melee dps because the melee dps can't hit it Oh, really? But the ranged DPS can. Yeah, that's got to be an oversight, right? I have no idea. <laughs> that's weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's... Uh, and this dungeon actually culminates in fighting a uh, member of the Infinite Dragonflight, which is the first uh, Infinite Dragonflight boss we have had since... Is it Captain... Wait, seriously, isn't isn't the isn't Captain Skyhook from the Infinite Black uh, Dragon fight? I guess he count. Yeah, that probably counts. But you're thinking yeah, of uh, M- M- Mizorno, Mizorno, right? Like Murazond. or Murazond, yeah, yeah, well, in, in yeah. like um, I guess technically Skyhook does have a time themed ability where they've got the, like the blood the, the time warp ability that they use. Gotcha. But 
Yeah, I was thinking Murazond. Murazond is the last like really noteworthy infinite dragonflight boss that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and this is more similar to Murazond than okay. to Skyhook. So this one actually was pretty neat as well. Um, you end up with a bunch of puddles of sand on the floor mm-hmm. that uh, obviously you don't want to stand in. They do damage. Um, but then you enter like this time warp phase where those puddles give you an insane amount of haste. Like okay. if you've done uh, Plague Fall with the red slimes, uh, yep. killing mm-hmm. those and like standing in them for a boss, it's like that. Oh, wow. That's and fun. that's the fight mechanic. And, and oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's going to be very cool. Um, little bit of a feels bad for a spec like Windwalker that currently does not scale with haste very well mm-hmm. because they're just not going to be as good on that boss. Uh, so this may not be a Windwalker dungeon between the Lost Dwarves and the the uh, the boss at the end. Um, but I mean, for for fortified dungeons especially, it's going to be way more determined by trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really, really difficult to say much about trash from a normal dungeon. It just yeah. dies too fast. It really does. Um, so, especially like, well, we did run into a number of technical issues, but they weren't related to the dungeon per se. Like we had a player whose talents were turned off mm-hmm. and they like, they were in survival, but they didn't have any survival talents. None of their survival stuff worked. So they switched to beast mastery, which had been working. And then none of their BM stuff worked and all of their talents were disabled. So they went out and they respect and they tried to do it again. And they came back in the dungeon and none of their stuff worked. <laughs> so we did it. They ended up having to like totally log out and then log back in. And then their BM talents started working. Gotcha. And so we did like half of uh, Nultheris with a, a hunter that had no talent. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess my, yeah. I mean, it sounds like though, like, I guess is, is Ultimon, I mean, the original Ultimon was very, like, it was very labyrinth-like. There was lots of different pathways you could go, yeah. but it was, it was fairly narrow in terms of like. This Ultimon is very, very linear. Very linear. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I did it, not see a way to actually do the bosses in any order other than swapping the first two. Like I said, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. do. Bromac, which is the second boss before Lost Dwarves, but if you do that, you have to backtrack and kill the Lost Dwarves and then come back out. Gotcha. So there's like there's a concept in uh, Dungeons and Dragons map design when you're making a map for your dungeon of like um, whether the branches in the paths actually matter. Like if you've got a bunch of branches in the paths, but none of them actually matter mm-hmm, um, yeah. or actually go anywhere different, then it's not really a branching dungeon. Right. Uh, it's not really a dungeon with flexibility. And Uldabon has some stuff like that where like Lost Dwarves are off on their own little branch, but you don't actually get any choice from them being in a different branch. Like you can't miss them because right. you cannot progress without killing them. So you right. have to just turn around and go back and kill them if you do miss them. Um, and you also can't like skip the second boss because the door doesn't <laughs> unlock. Like you have to have the lost <laughs> dwarves the unlock the door and the lost dwarves will not unlock the door until Bromac is dead. Gotcha. And they won't, so, well, and even if, if Bromac is dead, they're not going to unlock it. Cause you have to like, if you don't go and them. do their encounter first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
Uh, and like, but, it, but I mean, I guess I, what you're saying, it sounds like there are some. It's not like when I when I think of linear dungeons, I think of what was the dungeon behind Ataldazar in King's Rest. If it, King's Rest. I think Where's, of King's Rest as like the yeah. quintessential. This is a linear dungeon. It's a little bit path. more open than that in the sense that like you, so you have corridors like in King's Rest, mm-hmm. um, but you also have like King's Rest was very narrow pretty much the whole way through. The only areas that were more open were the boss rooms. Right. Uh, Ulamon has more open areas where you can like not pull the entire room. Gotcha. But it's paired with corridors where you effectively have to invis skip or pull what's in there. Um, so you gotcha. have to use invis pots or you you uh, pull what's in there. Um, so for like doing pugs, you're probably going to do a lot of like, unless some of the trash ends up being really insane, just pulling a lot of the stuff that's in the narrow corridors and mm-hmm. then uh, going around some of the stuff that's in the more open chambers. Gotcha. So it's not, it's not, it's not as linear as King's Rest. It's closer to like um, Underrot where it's like got those corridors, mm-hmm. but it's also got some open spaces. Gotcha. All right, cool. I mean, it sounds like, excuse me, original Aldemon is like still a pretty fun dungeon. Um, it's actually split into like two or three dungeons in the Dungeon Finder right now. Cause it, like it's one of those old classic dungeons that was just huge. It was, it yeah. was designed for you to go and spend all afternoon exploring it. Yeah. Um, and this is not like that. Uh, it is definitely not a mega dungeon. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which is what we call those now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I know we're 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 quickly running out of time. We're only about ten more minutes left. Um, I did uh, want to cover one more thing after dungeons, um, and that was just Blizzard did put uh, out a post, a little bit of a post on some of the feedback they've gotten from Evokers. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things I think that we kind of talked about was the empowered spells and like how those will work. So I think you had given the feedback that like. Currently, the way Empowered Spells works on Invoker is like it's a little clunky, but there's a GCD when you start the Empowered cast, and then when it ends, there's also another GCD, so you can't just cast something right after that, right? And there's also a weird thing in the middle where like if you cancel an Empowered Spell early, sometimes, it, I think you were saying it doesn't actually fire off. It just right. cancels, it refunds everything, and then you cast whatever you were casting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So they did um, put out a little bit of a blue post in terms of like, Yep, it is intended that if you are casting an empowered spell, if you're channeling an empowered spell, and then you cast something different, everything gets refunded from the empowered spell, right? And they treat that as like it being canceled. Um, not that it's ending earlier that you canceled it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and that's sort of like the way that they're going in their interpretation of it, which means like if you're empowering something, you press a different ability to cast it early, Essentially, your empower spell will cancel, refund everything, and you'll cast your new ability. Yeah. Which I don't know. Like that's, I mean, they, to be fair, they they do a good job of explaining. Like they literally have to interpret what the player wants to do at that point, which is like either end early or cast the next thing. And they're yeah. basically defaulting to saying like our interpretation: if you hit another spell while you're empowering it, is you want to cancel your empower and cast this new thing. So, and I part of the reason that they do that is the GCD at the end, which they mentioned. Right. Like because there's a GCD at the end you cannot manually end your empower spell and then immediately start casting something else. So if they allowed you to cancel your, or like cast your empower by pressing another spell, that would like let you skip the GCD there. Um, I think the real issue is that there's the GCD there. It doesn't 
like if you remove the gcd there then it becomes fairly obvious that like when you push another button because like actually really right now when i push another button while i've empowered what i probably actually did is i pushed two buttons in rapid succession and like missed one i pushed my empower button again and then pushed another right. button which like and this comes back to the press and hold mode for empower spells being very very awkward i like do not like that at all um yeah. It, it felt very awkward for me actually like in combat when i was at the dummy it feels fine but when i'm actually in combat it just feels very awkward to try and get the right level of empowerment out um so the the double press one is the one that i ended up using and that one puts you in a situation where like you know if my uh button if my empower spell is on five and i want to prep like end that and then start queuing up my next spell i push mm -hmm. five and then i push four but maybe I missed the five or didn't get it pressed down in time. And I ended up just canceling it and getting four. And it like, yeah, know, it, it, it feels really awkward. Um, the other thing they could do is make the press and hold mode better. Like if that mode is better, I think this kind of goes away because when you let go of it, you just cast it. Right. Um, and I'm not typically pressing like three different spells at the same time. Um, so <laughs> like i think if the press and hold one actually felt good this wouldn't be as much of an annoyance but because the press and hold one feels really bad to me i'm mm -hmm. like using the double press one and that introduces this other piece of awkwardness that also feels bad but gotcha. less bad than like constantly misfiring your empower spells because it seemed like you didn't actually start it Gosh, and that I and I, I think you mentioned that's the problem with press and hold is that there seems to be like a delay in like it activating you holding the spell down, right? Like, yeah, it yeah. just feels like yeah, like you hit it and nothing happens, and it's enough of a delay where you're like, did I hit it right? And like you take your finger off it, yes. and then like your and spell you goes off, it. or you're like, yeah. and then not only do you you end up with like this one second GCD from doing the that, so you've just yeah. like wasted time, and you can't even start the next one yet because you're still on GCD, you can't start recasting it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah that, that could yep. be yeah if they, i mean i guess if they clean up that this becomes like you said less of an issue but um yeah. it's good that they excuse me that they've at least like again this all goes into that thing we talked about earlier where like there's you'd be very on top of the communication at least right now right like i think it's this like it's nice that they're this vocal i'll be interested interested to see if we have the same feedback in like a month like you know six weeks from now when like basically all of the base contents in the game all the class trees are in the game and you've got like, you know, more people playing the alpha, even the beta cycle and like how like consistent the communication comes back. Cause I'll say like, yeah, blue posts are great, but I mean, I even like, I've even heard of like, there's been a lot of like, um, I won't say behind the scenes cause it's not that private, but a lot of like developers in discords talking to people too. Right. Yeah. Nothing like the old secret discords like they used to have, but, um, yeah. just the idea of like now developers being okay. Talking to the players, which. Yeah, which is great. I just hope us as players don't ruin it. Um, Hopefully we the, not. Yeah, we have the tendency to maybe be a little bit, a little bit rude in a general group to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but cool. I think. I mean, I don't know if you had any other topics you wanted to cover. That was the big not stuff. Really, yeah. unless you hear me uh, complaining about Lords of Dread for another fifteen minutes, because <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm. 
I am I I I am a little bit concerned about the lack of season four information just because yes I mean people are already asking about like hey what do you what do we do with like these tokens that we're supposed to get and like Ven thing and I I actually said something incorrect actually let's clarify on the podcast today that like the vendor and I'm an idiot because I didn't look at this but I was I was corrected by the main man Volk um and they said that the vendor is pre filtered on just your spec or your class however if you yes. take that filter off. You can see okay. every trinket and every every weapon, and they're not sort of redded out, or they're not like grayed out. So right. it looks like potentially you may be able to buy whatever trinket or weapon from the raid that you want. However, yeah, I I don't if it's not if it's yeah if it's not pre in that list, I I would feel I'm less confident that you can buy whatever you want, right? I'm I'm more confident to say that like whatever yeah. is filtered as your class, really whatever is on the loot table from the boss is what you can what you should be able to buy from with that currency but yeah if you're on ptr right now you can unfilter it and see all those and it's not the red text like you couldn't buy it right um potentially available with currency so yeah okay. i mean we'll we'll see season four is what seven days away now and we, all we know is the faded raid schedule <laughs> so, we'll see we know what the affixes do in theory no testing that's true. That is actually true too. Who was asking me? I think our raid leader we were talking about on one boss like this week, and he was like, "How do they even work? Like, is it is it an affix per boss? Is it an affix per week? Because there's four of them. So like, to be fair, it could be a different one each boss. It could be the same one yeah. for the week, and they rotate. I yeah, I, I hadn't actually thought about that. Like, what happened? Like, are we going to be doing one affix on one boss and one affix on a different boss? And like, or is it going to be like, oh, this is the whatever week for uh, exactly. For Castle Nathria. Yeah, I don't, again, nobody, I don't think they've posted anything, so nobody knows. I mean, I would assume it's this, like, my assumption as we talked through this was it's the same affix for the whole week. It's not different yeah. per boss, but to be fair, I mean, not, knowing, not knowing much about the affixes, maybe an affix actually doesn't work for a boss. Meaning, like, what it yeah. has you do just fundamentally yeah. the way the boss functions, you won't be able to do that. And at that point, then it's like, well, maybe it has to be different per boss, but I don't yeah. know enough either way, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that we're not going to be able to turn it off. Like, I would like to be able to just go back and do non-faded Sepulchre just for mounts. Like, I, I our raid is planning to do um, faded, but mm -hmm. it would be nice for us to be able to take our alts and, like, do a sales run that week as well. That's true, of yeah. Just, like, selling a non-faded Sepulchre. That's true. But maybe maybe faded sepulcher is just super easy and you still get to the blast. Maybe through. so. Maybe so. We'll we will see. see. There are at least there's a few bosses that will get harder as we get more damage, like the Kelthazad kind of thing where you have to stop damage. Um but at least most bosses get easier as you get more damage. And these affixes yeah. all give damage amps. So yeah. in theory phases hopefully yeah. it should be easier. Like, yeah. it should be easier. We'll find out. But that is going to be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. Uh, apologies for the delay, but uh, real life takes precedence. So that's what happens. Uh, but if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the Peak of Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Peak of Serenity. And of course... Come and join the Discord. It's a great place to hang out, 
Uh, you can meet such stellar people like myself and Anam there, as well as a number of the people that we have in chat, Hydrez, are uh, regulars in the different lounges. So if you go to the Miss Weaver section, you will run into Mr. Dresington himself. Exactly. Uh, but that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.